Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Well, thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to teach this. And uh, it's a lot. I hope I get to cover most of it, of what I have. And I will say this. Even though I have a lot, it's just barely scratching the surface. But maybe you can pick up something to where you can go and go further. I mean, even when I go over my notes, you know, I go further. The Lord shows me things. So I'm not going to take a lot of time. Um, I'll start Matthew 3.11. John was speaking to the people that were getting baptized. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I am. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He, referring to Jesus, himself will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jason, you may have to turn me down. I sound really loud. It was the desire of Jesus to baptize born-again believers in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm laying this foundation because if you don't have some type of foundation of who the Holy Ghost is, then nothing else will ever make sense. He is a vital, active part of the Godhead which, he, which makes the Holy Ghost limitless. Limitless. The whole, I need to say that again. The Holy Ghost is limitless. The church has reduced him and limited him to two manifestations, and that's power and speaking in tongues. But he is limited because he is the one, not the it. We don't pray for you to receive it. We pray for you to receive him. Because he is the one that comes to dwell in believers. He comes with purpose. He is the will, life, and breath of God the Father working on earth. We, um, this, like I said, this could go really deep. You know, we like to tend that, that Jesus is walking on the earth, but Jesus is not. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the one working in the earth. And the Holy Spirit works through us as born-again believers. So he has a purpose. He is a nature being which has direction, purpose, and power. So he cannot be limited to just power and tongues. 1 John 5, 7 and 8 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. So he is the only one of the Godhead that is said to be both in heaven and on earth. And if y'all don't understand that, please stop me. Because it's, it's very important that you get that, that the Holy, Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is the one that is working in the earth and in heaven. And I hope to show y'all how, how that works. He is co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. He is co-equal with the Father and the Son. He is referred to as the advocate, the counselor, the helper, the comforter. Um, The spirit of truth, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord, spirit of Christ. He is Ruach HaKadosh. Ruach HaKadosh. He is coming and his coming and working on earth is multifold and I can't get into this. But I I would like for y'all to go home and read this for yourself. Like this is a whole message within itself. John 16, 7 through through 11 tells us that he came to convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin is the blood. Righteousness is being baptized through the water. 
And judgment says your price was paid for on the cross. He come to convince, my God, that's so good. He came to convince us of that, that everything was paid for on your behalf. So this is the picture. He says, come, though your sins are many, forgiveness is yours. Come, even though you're not righteous, righteousness is defined here as actions taken to restore broken social relationships to a standard or quality of justice. So in other words, he's saying, even though you're alienated, you're separated from the Father, come on, even though you're sinful, come on, because righteousness has been paid for you, and I want to restore that connection. He says, come because judgment has come and your price was paid. Justice was served for you. You were released. Like, that's a message, even to believers. He says, come on because repentance is made and after you're convinced, you are born again. That's how born again starts. Born again in salvation, I don't have time for that, but it's two separate things. I'm born again, but since my soul is not in the perfect image of God, I all the time need salvation, but I was born again once. And the Holy Spirit works that salvation for the perfecting of me to look more like him and less like me. And that's all the Holy Spirit's working. So Jesus himself desired and does desire us to be full of the Holy Ghost and fire. In John 20, 21, and 22, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so am I sending, I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. But this didn't happen until after he was crucified, resurrected, resurrection, resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. So we find this manifestation taking place in Acts 2. And I'm going to read all this to you. Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so powerful, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never heard. The tongues of fire fell on them. And they begin to speak in other tongues. According to scripture, once a person receives, and you can read this all through the word, and I'm sure none of y'all are going to disagree. When a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they do speak in other tongues. It's evidence, whether it's a me, 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 or a da, 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 da. You know, they speak in a, in a tongue. So tongue, the word tongue is a member of the body, the organ of speech, and the language that is used by a particular people in distinction from that of other nations. So it wasn't just some random thing they started speaking when they were filled. It was actually a language. And it was a multifold. When, when you're speaking in tongues, it's multifold. And I want to try to tie all this together. But they were actually filled with the language of fire because it said the fire came and separated and fell on each of them. Then they spoke with other tongues. So it was a language of fire, but it was also a, their language had been changed to a language that they had not been taught, a peculiar language. And that's why when most of the time when people are filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they don't want to speak it out because it's something foreign, it's something peculiar. It's a different language that we don't know. It's a different dialect. And so you're scared to speak that out because it's just new to you. 
So that's what happened to them. They started speaking this language from a region they had never been to, a region of language they had probably never even heard. And when I started studying this, the Lord said their language (laughs) went back to a time where the language was only one language and one tongue. A region and time before the fall. And I'm going to explain all this. In the beginning of Genesis, the Holy Ghost, and I think I shared that with y'all one time, the Holy Ghost hovered over the waters waiting for the Father to speak. And when he spoke, his words sounded, let there be light, but I'm sure it didn't sound like that because it wasn't spoken our language. See, we like to tend that we like to think that the Father spoke that in our English language, but he didn't. <laughs> he didn't speak that in our English language. In Genesis 1, 27, 28, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God created. I'm trying not to preach so I'm nervous because I have to make myself slow down to teach. God created the one creature in whom he could have conversation with. Adam was to take the gift of the language and use it to rule, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. You need to understand that. God created Adam out of his language. There was no other language. It was the language of the Father. The language of the Father created Adam. Adam spoke that language and was supposed to rule, dominate, and fill the earth with that language, the language of the Father. So seeing Adam was created with the language of God, Adam spoke that language because it was only one language. Adam spoke in authority, government, structure, direction, and purpose, and it was the language of God. You have to remember he had not failed. He was speaking everything in authority, everything in existence when he was naming it. He was speaking all that under the authority and purpose of the language of the Father that he was created in so we as believers if we really believe the Bible and believe that we are restored once we are born again to the state that Adam was in before he fell then it's only fitting that our language would language would change to that of the one language that was used to create man When we're baptized with the Holy Ghost, then he, the the one of the Trinity, he fills us. His language didn't change from the beginning. (laughs) If he's part of the Father, then his language has never changed. His language is still the language it was when he created Adam. His language is still the the language that when he was hovering over the surface of the water and the breath of God left his lips, the Holy Spirit's language has not changed. It's still the one language. The one that is co-equal, co-eternal, the breath of the Father, the one that is residing in us, is speaking the language that I was created with. He's speaking the language that you were created in. He is speaking the voice of the Father because he's hearing from the Father, relaying it and speaking it out into the, oh my God, into the earth. I got to slow down. It's the same language that not only created man, but spoke the universe into being. Y'all, I'm serious. I mean, that's the power. That, that, that is what we possess. 
That is the language that created everything. And as the Holy Ghost is breathing the breath of the Father, and when our breath leaves our mouth through the power of the Holy Ghost, it comes and it flows out according to the Father's language. It's not just some gibberish. And this language is the language that left the disciples' lips in the upper room. And it's the same language that escapes our lips. And I know what you're thinking. Well, we all sound different in this and that. Well, I'll get to that. <laughs> I'm going to get to that. I hope. I got a lot of notes. Mark 16, 17 says, And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. And the language is multifold. It is the same language that not only created man, but spoke the universe into being as the Holy Ghost waits on the Father, then the breath leaves the Father, creates what the Father said, and it is a created according to his language. Praying in tongues isn't just praying in tongues. Have I lost any of y'all yet? No. Praying in tongues isn't just praying in tongues. It isn't something you just speak because the Holy Ghost falls on you. Praying in tongues has a purpose. I got to use Jason. Last resurgence in Monroe, I was walking around. The Lord said, get out, get out get out and I started walking around he was back there doing this speaking in tongues that may look foolish to a bunch of people but see I know his language and when I walked back there I know he was picking things up in the spirit and moving them out of the way and putting them back into place because this father language was coming out of him and when the father's language is coming out of you sometimes your body reacts in a different way because this flesh can't contain what the father's doing like if I get excited and start jumping up and down and screaming and hollering that's how I'm designed to create to to manifest what he's doing if Jason's doing this he's manifesting through his body what the Spirit is doing in the Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27. The Spirit helps with our weaknesses. We do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts know the, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of the Father. That, that right there just sums up everything I just told you. That the Holy Spirit is speaking the Father's language into your life and releasing it. He is searching your heart. He is making intercession for you in the language of your father because you don't know what to pray for. So we have, and, and I love this, when God showed me this, like at home I'm, I'm either on the floor screaming or something. But we have two, this is so good, we have two of the Godhead making intercession for us. One on the earth, speaking the will of the Father in and through us. And Jesus in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. My God. Because Romans 8.34 says, Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding for you. And then I have the Spirit of Almighty God residing on the inside of me, searching my heart. And I don't even know what may be going on in my life, but since He's searching my heart, I need to move this out of the way so I can step in and fill this portion of her. So, 
I may not have the language to remove the thing unseen, but since I have a part of the Godhead dwelling on the inside of me and I release his language, then he's moving it out of my way and Jesus is picking it up saying, Father, we got to move that. Me and the Holy Spirit have come into agreement and that needs to be cut out so we can step in. Because the Holy Ghost, and I'm not telling you anything that's not scripture and we'll read that. The Holy Ghost takes what he hears and speaks it to us. You understand that? The Holy Ghost takes what he hears and speaks it to us. And then he uses us, I don't like that word, he flows through us to intercede on our own behalf. It's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing that when I'm speaking in tongues and I'm praying and I'm, I'm saying, God, just step in. Just step in. Take, less, take me. Take me out of the way. Let me die to myself and you step in. And when I start speaking in an unknown tongue, then the Godhead, the creator of the universe, has stepped in and now he's taking over and he's speaking his direct will into my life. Man, it's intercession. And when I, when I think about that, I'm like, how can we fail? We have two of the triune God speaking into us. We have Jesus interceding for us, and we have the Holy Ghost residing on the inside of us, praying in the language that we were created with. John 16, 13 through 5 says, However, when the Spirit of truth, Ruah Ha-Emet, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own. But He will speak what He hears, and He will declare it to you what is to come. He will glorify me by taking from what is mine, disclosing it to you, and everything that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit would take from what is mine and disclose it to you. The Creator God actively speaking into our lives, the Holy Ghost searching and interceding, Jesus interceding, taking the Father's will, relaying it to the Holy Ghost, and Him relaying it to us is the language we can understand. The breath of life. The breath of life is communicating with life Himself on our behalf. Jesus came out of eternity. I got to hurry. If I'm going too fast, y'all just going to have to tell me. Jesus came out of eternity, entered into time, triumphantly defeated the enemy, left time, entering back into eternity, sitting at the right hand of the Father, returning to his original place, saying, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He came on our behalf, returned to heaven, and the Holy Ghost says, this is a picture. She's struggling with fear. I've searched her. She's got fear. She may not realize that's her problem. And Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father says, Father, she's got fear. We need to remove it. And so the Holy Ghost is relaying to us See, I don't have the capacity to think that I'm governed by fear. But when I'm praying and I'm speaking in an unknown tongue, then the Holy Spirit is speaking the language into me that I need to hear. And then he reveals that to me, that you are governed by fear, but we're fixing to remove that.
That's why Jesus said, or that's why Jesus suffered all things, because he can compassionately sit at the right hand of the Father and say, they're struggling. Tongues are a gift to edify oneself. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. How? Because the Holy Ghost is in constant communication with the Father and speaking to Him on our behalf. The Holy Ghost isn't just speaking through you just to prove you're baptized with Him. He's speaking through you to the Godhead on your behalf. That's edification to yourself. And to me, that's, that's a picture of God's intense longing for us to be complete in Him. I mean, that's His longing for us to be complete in Him. That He sent us part of who He is to bring us closer to Him. To, to where Adam was before the fall. He comes into our life through the Holy Ghost and enters into our struggles. Listen to me. He sent the Holy Ghost to reside in us. The Holy Ghost took on himself to enter into our struggles, our failures, our sufferings, and our shortcomings. I never looked at it like that. But everywhere I go that is apart from Jesus, I take him with me. So much so that the Holy Ghost prays through us the will of the Father even when we know nothing about where we're at. And there's been a lot of times in my life that I didn't know exactly where I was at spiritually. And all I could do was pray in tongues. Didn't know what I was praying for. I just knew that it was heavy. And wherever I was at, at that time, I needed out. And I didn't know a way out. But I had the spirit of the living God on the inside of me speaking the language of the Father to bring his will to pass in my life. So when the Holy Ghost is praying or speaking the language and the will of the Father, he is reaching into eternity and pulling into time what was done before in a moment of time. I know I can't go off in that. But the Holy Ghost, listen to me, when you are praying in an unknown tongue, whether it's for yourself or region or whatever, and God has you interceding from that, the Holy Ghost is literally letting you speak and reach into time and pull out the will of the Father and bring it into here. That is how God's will is done on earth. The Holy Ghost reveals to us the will of the Father that has been accomplished for us, about us, to us, and by us, believing and acting on it. You can never understand even the Word of God without the Holy Ghost. You can't. How do you think you're going to figure out His will for your life? Eternal heavenly things come into time on earth and it's spoken on earth through the Holy Ghost. Jesus was the Word, so the Spirit of truth is the spoken Word of the Father. The Spirit resides in us, then we speak. When we speak our heavenly, ancient language, we're speaking truth and life. Do you understand that? That when we're praying in the Spirit, you're not speaking some fable or just some something. You are actually speaking the language of the Father, which is truth, life, and eternity. You're speaking kingdom authority and creative power into the earth. Seriously. You're speaking kingdom authority, creative power into situations, whether it's your church, yourself, your region, or your family. 
whenever the Holy Spirit places that on you to intercede, you are speaking kingdom authority into that. You are speaking kingdom life into that. You are speaking God's truth into a situation. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and angels speak this one language. Their language has never changed. Even the angels. It has a unity of purpose. It was an impregnated, gosh, with the essence of life and power of God himself. All things are possible. See, you can disbelieve something, but you get with God and you pray in the Spirit for an hour and you're going to come out believing because that language is impregnated with life. That language creates the impossible. So the all things possible language that has been spoken into the universe, you may not understand what you're saying. No one else may understand what you're saying, but I can assure you the only one that matters understands his language. <laughs> That's simple, but man. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14.2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the Spirit. And even though he speaks mysteries through us, it's unto God. And when we hear the answer for the thing we're interceding for, it's through the voice of the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of us that says, I'm going to open your ears to receive illumination. You can't hear God on your own. <laughs> you can't. Tongues are a gift to unbelievers. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, and this should blow. Uh, I told Jody this one day on the phone. She was like, I was praying for somebody, and I, I didn't want to speak in tongues because I didn't want to scare them. I said, baby, you go ahead and believe like that, but I'm going to pray in tongues. Didn't I? Because tongues are a sign not to believers but for unbelievers. And it also says, and, I, and I'm not going to read all that scripture. He's got it up there. Isaiah 28, 11 says, So he will speak to this people with stammering speech in a foreign language. Acts 2, the unbelievers that were outside the upper room it's the, the word of God says it was men from every nation outside. And the men in the upper room were speaking and, sing, and, and speaking praises to God in, they said, in our language that they don't know. How is it that they're speaking this language? So the ones baptized in the upper room were speaking the one language, praising God, but to the in the unbelievers' dialect, it was one language even though it sounded different. And what I mean by that is the, when they got baptized with the Holy Spirit, the language took over them. And even though they were speaking so an unbeliever could hear in that language, they were still speaking the language of heaven because that language deposited into them. And so that language was what broke the atmosphere in the unbeliever's heart because it was the language of the Father. I'm going to explain all that. So how can we as unbelievers, I mean, how can we all be speaking one language, but all different, we all sound different. We all sound different speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 10 through 11 says, To another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of languages, and to another interpretation of languages. But the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he will. 
I hear a lot of people tell me, I pray that I speak in tongues like you. I don't sound like that. And I'm, I tell them it's okay. Because even though you don't sound the way I do and I don't sound the way you do, it's the same spirit that's in me, that's in you, so it's the same language. It may sound different, it may appear different through me as it does from you, but it is the same spirit, and that spirit is from the Father, and that spirit speaks the language of the Father. One spirit, one language. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And God has placed these in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, managing, and various kinds of languages. So the unbelievers on the day of Pentecost was drawn to a language they did not know. You understand, they heard their language, but it was a language they didn't recognize or else they wouldn't have said, these men are drunk. They heard their language, but they were hearing a language they had not heard before because that language penetrated the atmosphere and filled those men. Yes, their dialect, but not their language. It opened the door to them being born again. Y'all okay? Any questions? Have I explained myself well? <laughs> the enemy of the language of life. And we've already covered in the Garden of Eden, there was one language used to create the universe. Adam used this language to speak with God, but Satan brought in contention with the language opposing the language of life. I don't want to go deep into this, but Satan was created by God, so he spoke that language. Our tongues. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about that. I really am. Like, I know it's been taught through church history that the enemy doesn't understand when we pray, but I'm on the fence about that because when I did this study, there's nowhere in the Word of God that tells me that Satan spoke anything other than the Father because he presents himself before the Father. No, he cannot. And he cannot stop what God's going to do. Just like Sunday when we were in church... I kept, I, I just, I had that picture, you know, God sitting on the front throne and the enemy coming before him and, and standing, you know, before him. But that didn't stop all the praises. That didn't stop the going around the throne and praising him. Nothing stopped because the enemy can't stop anything God's doing except us. We can. That's a, that's a whole different thing right there. We're the ones that have the power to stop that because God created us with a free will. It's true. thing I know is like through prayer I know um, I was in prayer one day and I felt like the enemy was in the room I don't know if any of you've ever felt that kind of way but I felt like the enemy was in the room and I was praying in the spirit and it was almost like I could see him and he was sitting there like and I was just like God like what's what's going on and he was, and I knew that he didn't have understanding. He might have heard what I was praying, but he didn't understand. If Satan would have understood what he done when he put Jesus on the cross, he would have never put him on the cross. So he, I know for a fact 
He does not have the spiritual understanding of what we're speaking to the Father. No spiritual understanding whatsoever of that. Uh, the way I looked at him was like almost like, like he just he had no understanding. There was no way he could hinder it because he, he didn't understand it. And I believe that that's part of the mysteries that we speak unto God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He would have never done it. Never. Excluded. Yes. Yes. And that is that is why it is important to understand the depth of us speaking in tongues and not limiting uh huh. Uh, not limiting it to just oh I got the Holy Ghost. You know, do, 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 I can speak in tongues. Because the church has done that for far too long, and the church has uh not allowed the authority of the Father to speak life. In, in authority and power into the earth because they limited the Holy Ghost. I got it, and I'm going to speak in tongues when I feel good. But it's he is more than that. If you believe that the Holy Ghost is part of the Godhead and he has the same power and same authority, and I believe that, and nobody's going to change my mind but God himself, then I have to know that his language that comes out of my mouth is breaking down barriers. It is speaking things into existence. And it is creating because I have a creator spirit living on the inside of me. And when I speak that language, I am creating paths that the Satan has tried to block. Yes. Yes. Yes, but, you know, um, I'm not going to go into this, but we all know that Satan has a mimic tongue because that's what he does. He's a counterfeit, (laughs) and I won't get into all that, but I do have to release this. The language of the enemy may sound like the true language of language of the Father, which is someone else speaking in an unknown tongue that is not from God, but it is contrary, and that is throughout Scripture. It's from Genesis to Revelation. He tried this. He tried to speak the language of God to Jesus when he was in the wilderness. He tried to speak it to Jesus. But there's only one true language. The other is fake and then an imitation. So when sin entered with Adam, God did away with the human race except for Noah on down the line. And in Genesis 9 gives us the account where Yahweh was giving Noah the same command as he did Adam. Y'all can read that. It's, it's Genesis 11 through 8. I got to read it. Now, the whole world had one language. Did did y'all hear that? The whole world had one language and one common speech. And as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and build them thoroughly. And they used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens that we may make a name for ourselves. They were still speaking the same language as Adam. The language had not changed. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And he said, if as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible. Come, let us go down. Let us. Y'all caught that? The Lord said, let us go down and confuse their language. 
so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. Once again, sin entered the language, just like it did in the garden. And this time, God calls confusion of language, diversity of language. And this was a result of sin. And that goes personally and for the word, world. And I'm going to explain that. But through the Holy Ghost, the barrier of language between heaven and earth is broken. You understand that? Because we return back to his language when we're speaking through the Holy Ghost. Whether it's in my dialect or his dialect, that barrier is broken. There's times that I speak that it's in the English language, but it's kingdom language because it's definitely not mine. So the barrier is broken. The language of power, language of love, language of creativity, language of freedom, language of fire that refines, language of life, creating us to look more like him and less like us. But the opposing language was and is the language of death, separation, waywardness, and disobedience. Adam heard it. Noah heard it, Moses heard it, Jesus heard it, the disciples heard it, and we ourselves hear it. You're going to say, how? Well, that's easy. Because a lot of times it comes out of our own mouth. (laughs) See, James 3, 10 and 11 says, Out of the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and bitter water flow from the same spring? Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the tongue. So I hope that you are tying the diversity of the language at the tower and at Genesis to us today. Because one day... We can be down, speaking death and despair and depression over ourselves, and the next day we can be up and praising God and speaking life. So you have the diversity of language at work even today, even in our own bodies. But I have found the more I pray in the Spirit, is the more in tune I am with the Father and the less death I speak into every situation. There is times I'm talking on the phone. You can ask Jody. I tell her I got to go because I can't speak English. Boom. And I don't want to transition into English because when the Holy Spirit is flowing through me, I want him to have free reign because he brings me into alignment with the Father, making me one with him, and it gets Stephanie out of the way, and I'm not speaking curses and death over my life or anything else. I'm speaking blessings and life and prosperity and creativity and authority and power over everything. But if I get out of alignment and stop speaking in tongues, if you watch it when somebody starts falling away from God their prayer language is the first to go I don't want to speak in tongues why? because the devil don't want you speaking in tongues because it brings you back over my God brings you back over here to God in an alignment with him and he knows that this over here is going to be destroyed because life is speaking through you authority is speaking through you power is speaking through you But if he can keep you over here speaking death into your situation, oh, I'm depressed, oh, I'm discouraged, I can't do this, I can't do that, then you're going to re-reign right here and you're just going to go further on back. Mm. The Spirit gives life. This is the Word. John 6, 63. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. They are in their life. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Since the word is not an earthly language, then you cannot process what he tells you with your natural 
earthly, fleshly mind. And the only way to get out of this is right here. Romans 8, 6, and 7. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. The mindset focused on the flesh flesh fights God's plan, refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. But when I pray in the Spirit, when I am praying my language, the heavenly language of the Creator God, then it moves death out of my way to where I don't have to walk according to my flesh. The enemy knows this and will come around with the language of death, adding to your minds, trying to steal, kill, and destroy what the language of life is speaking to you. (laughs) This is so true. And I can preach all this because I've been here. If he can persuade you to speak against what the Spirit of Truth has spoken, then you buy into hindering the will of God in your life. And I said, how? Because once you start buying into it, you start speaking the opposing language. And the only way we can be defeated is to lower ourselves to our earthly mindsets. Because your body's going to walk, talk, and act on what's governing your mind. And I can read my Bible all day long, but if I'm not praying in the Spirit, there's going to come a time where I don't understand and receive what I'm reading. Because the Word was made flesh, and the Word is part of the Holy Ghost and part of God. They all work together. If you will, oh, I'm trying to hurry, y'all. I got so much more to go. If you allow to to allow the defeated mindsets of the flesh, they'll release. If you allow to defeat the if you will defeat the mindsets of the flesh, then you will and be released. By the language of power, direction, fire, and love, love and life, it will pray through you according to the will of the Father to direct your steps. Can I go just a little bit longer, please? Just a little bit. And then I'll quit, I promise. I got a bunch more notes, but I'll quit. I have to speak on this because the language of heaven brings unity. Genesis 1, 11, 1 through 8. It says, look, they're one people, and they all have the same language. And this tower is only the beginning of what they can do. Nothing will be impossible. That's what the Father spoke. Because the unity of the language made nothing impossible. And when we are in unity with God, nothing is impossible. There is no way you can convince me that a people in sin that was speaking an opposing language to heaven can can create something impossible. My God, what as we, as the body of Christ, start speaking one language, nothing, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. You can overtake regions. You can overtake territories. You can bring down principalities, powers, and rulers. And that is what we are commissioned to do. But Satan has attacked the language of heaven in us, flowing through us. When we have the power and the authority to take regions and cast down principalities. Exactly. First Corinthians six seventeen, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. 
when we are in unity with him through the language of the Spirit, then anything we ask shall come to pass because it is his will that is speaking through you. We need to grasp that. It is his will speaking through you. He just wants you to hear what he's about to do. Isaiah 55, 11. I'm going to read these and then I'll stop. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. I'm going to stop right there before I read the rest of it because I can tell you when the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, I am the audible voice of God. When the Holy Spirit is speaking through you, you are the audible voice of the Father on the earth. I'm crazy enough to believe that. If that Holy Ghost resides in me, then I'm his audible voice. Or else how can I prophesy the will of God? You can't. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, i got to stop again because I am his mouth. <laughs> yes, sir. All over. Third birth of the world. Word. <laughs> so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. And if nothing was impossible for those people in sin, then me speaking the language of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost makes nothing impossible to me. I'm speaking in authority, creative life, Naming things that are unnamed. Do you understand that? Naming things that are unnamed. I tell Hank all the time, because the Lord told me he's marked. I marked him in the womb. You may think he's flat-footed because of the things he suffered, but I say he's marked. That's a sign of his marking. So when I speak over him, I look at him, I don't even have to say anything because I'm speaking to the Father. Father, he's marked. <laughs> he can run, he can hide, but he's marked. Why? Why do we talk like that? It's the Father. <laughs> it's the Father. I don't look at Hank and say, oh, well, he's marked by God because he's flat-footed. No, the Holy Spirit revealed that to me. So when I release that over him, when I release that over him, even though he's not by me and I'm releasing that over him, I am releasing the will of the Father over his life. I'm naming him marked. That's why story said, give me everything you get about the kids so I can pray it too. Why? She's hearing. So the Father's got two, three coming into agreement. And if two or three agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be given them of their Father in heaven. So when you're speaking and praying in your language, God is giving you downloads that you may not even know about at the time. But he's speaking into you so at the right time he can release it out of you. From here to there. I'm going to stop. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I had this just for y'all to go home and do and talk to the Lord about. And I have more, but I'm going to stop right there. 
The church needs to repent for speaking death over the truth. That's, about, that's you. That's me. Because when we get caught up in our fleshly emotions and it don't look the way we think it should look and we think God failed and he didn't come through, you better watch it because you're speaking an opposing language. We are commissioned as the body to speak the language of life because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have the gift of tongues, then you're commissioned to speak life because it's been downloaded to you. And in Him there is no death. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 